21 minutes to 9 o'clock, James Ross uh, with Money Talk. And in your money today, Karen Wright is going to take a look at whether you should be making New Year's resolutions for your money. Uh, good morning, Carolyn. Well, good morning, James. And I'm joined again by Eleanor Coleman, who's principal partner and founder of the Financial Empowerment Group at St. James Place, to continue our regular discussion series on how we can all be empowering ourselves better financially. Now, given it's almost New Year's Eve, many of us may be considering setting goals and maybe making some new year's resolutions around our finances it's good to speak to you eleanor good morning it's nice to speak to you too a happy new year almost oh, almost indeed so have you made any new year's resolutions personally for yourself i think i am exactly like everyone else and we all make the same resolutions which is eat better lose weight spend time with family travel more drink less <laughs> read books that are proper books and um but in terms of money reduce expenses and save more money i think we all make the same the, the same uh, resolutions every year and we all get to uh, sort of november december and think ah well maybe maybe next year <laughs> yeah absolutely so let's talk a little bit more specifically about money and what would be some sensible money resolutions for anyone to be setting in place for the next year well, I think when we set these big resolutions, save more money is a very generic term. It's obviously um, something that we want to do, but it's a bit big and um, we're not really wired for massive changes. I think having the optimistic belief that suddenly on the 1st of January you'll wake up as a completely different person, a better person, a more sensible person and the best version of yourself is an absolute uh, load of rubbish. I think what we need to do is work out why do we want to do these things? Why do we want to make these changes? And how can we make incremental changes along the way that puts us in a better position? I think 2023 for a lot of us was a bit of a year of excess because after three years of not being able to go anywhere, a lot of us travelled, a lot of us didn't really look at our spending. And a lot of us basically said, you know what, I deserve to go away. I deserve to go and do these things because I've been trapped in my apartment for three years. And that's absolutely right. But I think uh, 2024, hopefully, will be a year where we can make some, some sensible goals and um, investing time in, in, in ourselves and sort of looking at financial literacy and workshops and courses and hopefully um, engaging a financial advisor or making some changes that will be for the good. Now, you mentioned earlier, talking about the, the resolutions generally, that we tend to get to November and then go, oh, whoops, I didn't keep any of those. So I wonder how often we should be sort of revisiting these things and reassessing our resolutions and maybe making new ones. Should we be doing this more than once a year? Absolutely. I think if you just do it on January 1st, I think by January 3rd or 4th, we've all given up. That's why uh, gyms make so much money on the first week of January when we all join and then ignore it for the rest of the year. <laughs> I think, um, you know, it's, it's the same as when you start a new note book or a new term or a new job you always think this is the best I'm going to be I will be that person I've been thinking I should be in my life and um, it, it doesn't necessarily happen that way I think that sitting down with yourself on a monthly basis and saying how much have I spent in the last month and whether you're budgeting that in an app or Excel or just writing things down in a notebook and sort of saying well did I buy things only that I needed or that I wanted or did I buy things because I was feeling a bit rubbish and felt that it would make me feel better? Um, and also automating things. Have I automated my bills, for example? Have I automated some savings to go to one side so that I don't have to think about it? So it takes the, the pressure off me to do something every week or every month. Can I automate some of this and get someone else to deal with it? 
absolutely. I think that the idea of giving someone else a bit of responsibility for helping look after things is a, is a good idea. Now, now, looking at the sort of other side of things, we all know that unexpected can happen. So how do you cope um, with rearranging your goals if something that you really weren't expecting happens? I think that all of us, uh, particularly in the last three years, have realised that uh, no matter what our goals are, the world can uh, have other plans for us, I think is the nicest way of putting it. Um, and we, can, we, need to, we need goals and we need a financial plan that can evolve with us. So if it means that um, something massive like COVID happens or if it means that we lose our job or if it means that you know our landlord suddenly wants to put the rent up, that we're, we're fully prepared. And if you're not sure how to do it yourself, then seek professional advice. If you're not sure how to navigate financial challenges and adapt your financial goals, that's exactly what people like me can help you to do and address your plans moving forward. So if something changes, you can have someone at the end of the phone and say, right, I'm, I'm uh, changing jobs and so I'm going to be worried about money for a little bit or I've got a promotion at work. How do I change for the better and how do I make sure that I don't spend the additional money I'm getting every month on things that I don't need rather than putting it away and being, being a little bit more sensible with it? So aside from a financial planner kind of like yourself, what other tools and resources would you suggest people use? There's got to be lots of kind of budgeting tools that can help you. And like you said, the sort of automated payments, probably another good idea. Anything else? Well, there's lots of different ways that people think about uh, uh, saving money. And, and one thing is a budgeting app. There's loads of different budgeting apps out there. And I've tried loads of them. And to be honest, the easiest thing I find is once a month sitting down with my credit card statement and highlighting the things I shouldn't have bothered with. Um, I also think that um, there's a lot of um, talk about, you know, robo-advisors and lots of talk about financial progress and automating things. But um, the, 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 our latest Money Relationship Monitor found that most people think that their money is going to become more uh, complex in the next one to five years. So when people are starting families or getting to this, this sort of end of their sort of having family lives where they get empty nests and then they're worrying about things like inheritance tax things become a lot more complex and having someone that you can talk to and bounce ideas off is is really helpful whether that's a financial advisor or a trusted friend that was the next question I was going to ask you. You know, a lot of us don't necessarily have the, the willpower to keep up with things. But I wonder how you, what value you put on having a trusted friend or a family member, even if their financial goals may be, you know, something completely different to yours, just that you, you had the confidence to talk to them about it and, and do that and open up. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's always very good to have accountability. I mean, that's why people hire personal trainers, so that they have someone that they, you know, who is on the phone to them saying, well, where are you? You said you'd come and do this and we need to get this done. The amount of expats I meet who say, oh, I'm, yeah, I need to get a will done. I've been meaning to do that for, for years and years. Um, and inertia is the thing that's stopping them. It, it, it doesn't take very long to do these things. And um, you know, sitting down with a financial advisor or sitting down with a friend and saying, these are my top three goals. How do you think I can do it? And how can you make me feel accountable for it is always a very powerful thing to do. And, and that's it. And you shouldn't be worried in, in those cases kind of about peer pressure because you will have, have different goals. It's more the, the sort of being able to support one another and, and just talk about it. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's ideal if it's uh, you and your partner because then you're, you're going to a, a goal that works together. But a lot of people have very different views about money when they're, when they're in a relationship. So having a, a third party that they can talk to is, is always a really handy way of bouncing ideas off, off someone who isn't going to judge you. 
absolutely. I, I think that's a very interesting point there. Just one last one that I think veers slightly off topic. But but sharing uh, finances as as a, a couple. Is this a good or a bad thing? Because I think I feel there are, I've got friends who veer on both sides of that. Well, I think it really depends on the person. I mean, what you have when you have a relationship is you've got your own narrative about what money means to you, and then you're smashing it together with someone else's narrative, and it might not be compatible. So some people, for tax reasons, keep things separate. Some people keep things separate because they're married to Americans like I am. Or they might have various other reasons. But having um, joint goals is something that can, can strengthen a relationship. And we're going to talk about that, I believe, next month when we talk about money and goals in relationships. Oh, yes, we can absolutely <laughs> do that. It's been wonderful to speak to you again today. Eleanor Coleman, Principal Partner and Founder of the Financial Empowerment Group at St. James Place. And I hope you have a wonderful New Year. Thank you. You too. I hope you have a great time.